Hey everyone, uh, today's guest is Kathy Dodder. Kathy is a renowned textile designer who has started her career in 1985. Kathy has worked in both the residential and contract fields, as well as worked for companies like Kravit, Elizabeth Weaving, and Brentwood Textiles. Kathy is currently the head designer at Brentwood Textiles, where she is the designer for Revolution Fabrics, as well as she designs a full line of prints, velvets, and decorative fabrics that are for the home. I hope you enjoy this conversation, and let's get started. All right. So, hey, Kathy. Hey, Anderson. How are you? How are you? I'm good. Happy, what, Wednesday? Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. End of the day, Tuesday. So, yeah, thanks for sitting down with me. But yeah, I guess my first question is, you know, talk me through kind of the start of your career, the start of uh, you being an interior designer. That can either be your, your education or your first job, but yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, well, I went to NC State University, and I majored in textiles with a concentration in design. So with that degree and that program, I had exposure to all different kinds of design. Um, knit design, print design, woven design, and a real knowledge of textiles, like we did non-wovens and jackards and all kinds of stuff. So I had a very broad background. So when I was interviewing for jobs, yeah. I was, Hart Schaffner and Marks in New York City. I mean, I could have been a menswear clothing designer, suiting designer. I yeah. could be a carpet designer. I could be a wall coverings designer. Did you ever design anything like that? Well, I did um, summer internships. I worked for Guilford of Maine and did wall panel fabric there. And I worked for Jack Lanier Larson in, in New York City okay. and got the exposure to the higher end interior design firm through that. Um, Sorry, I, my brain goes like squirrel sometimes. I was okay. thinking about a really cool thing that happened last night. For some reason, I th was thinking about a pattern that I was exposed to at Jack Larson that was called Lay Ocean Silk, and I Googled it, and it was kind of cool because it's at the Metropolitan Museum of Modern oh, Art no, now. Yeah, in Charlotte, yeah. Well, no, in, no, New, no, York. in New York. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so the thing that was cool about it was like, oh, wow, maybe someday some of our fabrics will be hanging in a museum somewhere yeah. where yeah, people can cool. look back. That'd be cool. Maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe one of your patterns. Maybe, uh, maybe bombshell. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, it was, it's kind of cool. So you're interviewing for all these jobs, and, you know, I've always had a more of a forte for woven. So I think it was really good that that's the direction that my career took was I went to work for a small company down in Lakeview, South Carolina, which okay. is near Myrtle Beach, okay. and we did lower to mid middle price per range fabrics and the majority of the fabrics that they made like went into onto sofas that went into mobile homes okay so it was all dobby at the time that i joined them the name of the company was carpistan okay are they still, still in business no and this is this is your first this, this is my first this job first right out okay. yeah right out of terrifying. college no, no no i wasn't scared at all i was ready to get to work yeah you know, I've always been kind of like the worker bee kind of yeah. person because, like, I didn't take off a month or whatever yeah. after graduation. I just went right to work and just started making money. And, yeah. <laughs> but it was good. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of latitude. I was the only designer. I, there was a design director and myself. But I have to be really honest. I really wasn't challenged and I was a little bit bored, okay. you know, and, and the aesthetic of the fabrics that I was making really didn't fit what I personally liked. Yeah. So, you know, I enjoyed it. I, just, I really see you as a, 
Mobile home designer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just just knowing your creativity and, and what you do now, you just yeah, that doesn't that doesn't really fly. Yeah, no, it's it's like crazy when yeah. you think about it, like the retro stuff that you would maybe even see like on the side of the road or like in an old sitcom, like where they had that like space die caterpillar yarn in it. Yeah. That was the thing that yeah. we made tons of, nice. you know, so, yeah. but you know, it was a good business and they were super nice people and I learned a lot. Yeah, I was started with the caterpillar, the caterpillar yarn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Chanel's I good. I was driving around in a Suburban with a bunch of three, three to 12 brown uh, chenille fabrics. I mean, that's, that's how we got started. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I get yeah it. no, textiles is, really been a passion for me you know i've really enjoyed being it and i really feel super fortunate that i kind of fell into it mm -hmm. um when i first decided i wanted to go you know in high school trying to figure out what i wanted to do for a living mm -hmm. um, i thought i wanted to be an architect and then when i wasn't accepted into the architecture school i had to name a major so i called the placement office and they go well they got a textile design program so it was just kind of like well, I'm just going to go in it and, you know, it just fell in love. Yeah. You know, it was awesome. So, you know, you and I were talking the other day and, you know, sometimes in life it's like you've got to work at it and like push and push. And then other times you just kind of turn around and go with the flow yeah. and whatever opportunities come your way. Yeah. go with them yeah. so I felt like no, I, my I, whole textile design career has been that way no, I, I totally understand it you know being you know before this I, I didn't make any um, any fabric videos I didn't really know anything much about fabric except for just hanging out with my parents and running around in the middle a little bit but I, I understand the you know the the intimidation you know but you finally at the end of the day you just kind of kind of got to let it go and say you know, I don't, I don't know much about interior design or I don't know much about fabric, but I'm going to make something that looks, you know, pretty or nice to me and I'm going to put it out there and ultimately if people like it, then then that's great. If people aren't commenting or people aren't liking on it or people go, that was a weird video, Anderson, then uh, I'm just going to pull it back. Exactly. Like, Sometimes you just have to, you just have to trust things. Yeah. You have to try different things. Yeah. So walk, walk me through again that kind of that first maybe that first week that first uh you know that first job um talk me through you know designing designing those fabrics you know what would you feel what were what was kind of the biggest lesson maybe you learned in, in the first year of designing fabrics um that there's a lot of flexibility you know that you know it's all about the yarn to use and the toolbox you know of yarns that you have to use so you have the limitations of the machinery you know like jacker gives you the most flexibility design wise you know as far as controlling each individual end it's more like a print mm -hmm. so you can get more elaborate designs and things like that on a jacker but working within the parameters of a dobby can be and very so for, creative too yeah, yeah. so for our listener who's a you know, may not know the difference between a jacker and a dobby um, What's the, maybe the simplest way to describe it? I, I know in a, a, a previous podcast we said uh, you know a, a jacquard is like a print, except you're you're uh, you're painting with with weaves. Exactly. Um, where what, what would a dobby be? A dobby, you're tr controlling groups of ends, okay. and it depends on how many harnesses you have, okay. on how big the design can be, but. Uh, 
here at this mill, mm -hmm. we only have 12 harnesses. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty small. So like if you have 42 ends per inch divided by 12, okay. you know, it's, it's very Matt small. Anderson, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. So, but you can do stripes and you can do different weave effects in so different real, areas. Real basic patterns would be, yeah. So Dobby is basic patterns, textures. Yes. Something Texture stripes, plaid. Right exactly. The, the white fabric on the sofa. Exactly. Where, where the jacket would be the pillow or the or the chair. Exactly. Right, and prints. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of um, yeah just touch base just for the listener who may or may not know. Um, so talk me through. So going back to kind of your first job, you obviously didn't stay there because you're here today. Right. Um, so yeah, that was a brief stint. Yeah. What What was the next? What was the next? So from there, I came to Elizabeth Weaving. Okay. Yeah, so that was awesome, and I got to work with your grandfather. Okay. Um, he is the epitome of the a salesperson. I mean, he really know, knew how to finesse any situation. He was very creative, you know, knew what products would sell, and was really good in front of the customer. Yeah, he, uh, he also starred in the Dos Equis commercials. Yeah, I didn't yeah. say his name, but Bill Gibbons, yeah. yeah so. You know, I was young. I was your age. Don't yeah. sue us. He's, he looks exactly <laughs> like him. He yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. So you went to Elizabeth Weaving, and I, I forgot. Yeah. I totally forgot you worked with my grandfather. So yeah. So you went to Elizabeth Weaving. Uh, my grandfather was there. Was my dad there? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Before, right before yeah. Sean joined. And yeah. that was more of like, essentially, what you're doing today, right? So that was, um, that was more home furnishings. Exactly. Um, okay. So yeah, and it was the same. And it, when I talk about carpet stand doing mobile home, that was, I mean, it was for the home. It wasn't just, that was just a segment of it. So I've always been really in the home furnishings area in, until later in my career, until after Elizabeth Weaving. So I was with Elizabeth Weaving for 15 years. Wow. It's kind of incredible to think about. I mean, I really enjoyed my time there and I learned a lot there. But Anderson, you know, it, it was kind of like, an evolution happened when Elizabeth Weaving closed, it kind of forced my hand. Mm -hmm. It kind of forced me to reassess where I was in my career and where, what I wanted for my career and what made me happy and that kind of thing. So it was a good thing. You know, I think that things in my career have happened positively a lot of times when something bad has happened, you know, that, um, change isn't always bad that changes sometimes creates other opportunities and and also shows you that you know maybe you have more talents and abilities than you realize that you even have okay. until you're it's like adversity kind of brings out the most in you mm -hmm. and it even kind of started when I first started in my education you know because at first I was told no you know you can't do this well then I was like constantly like looking well well what can I do you know because yeah, I know totally. I want to do this and then get told this well you know well I'm not really happy doing this and you get another opportunity so so sometimes so actually talk me through a little bit of education so I know you have you know you have a, a, a background in, in contract um, that is something I don't know anything about. Um, did you start your contract career at Elizabeth Weaving? Can you kind of shed light on, on what's the difference between residential and contract? Is It's mainly the customer, okay. but it also is the type of fabric and what expectations of performance is. Okay. Because when you're going into a commercial setting, like an office space or a theater or 
institution or whatever, you know, there's a certain expectation or a hotel or whatever that, you know, that it's going to have more use. Okay. And yeah. it's going to be a higher traffic area. So it just needs to be able to withstand that, that kind of rigorous living rather than being in a home environment. So it has more to do with testing and more and aesthetic, you know, because you, you know, most people, but that kind of has changed. The lines been blurred. So yeah, to actually, you know, because like eighties, yeah. Like, like I, I keep hearing like now, like you hear you hear a lot of designers, and you know we even have you know we have a, a, a brand ambassador Jessica Deuce, where she's even taken kind of the, the contract realm and and gone into the VRBO design. Right. You know, but talk to me about the, the the blurring lines between residential contract well when I first started back in the 80s it was kind of interesting because you would see a style and you say well that's for the home and you would say well that's for contract you know it was like really strong lines as far as what you would see in an office building in a hotel versus what you would see in your home but when we talk about the lines blurring a lot of those contemporary shapes or contract contract yeah. type looks we want them in our home you know we want those same type looks or vice versa in your office workspace okay. or in your hotel room you want it to be more like your home okay. so it it's not never, never as a hard line yeah. anymore yeah. especially with the yeah, kind of the casual uh, not not the yeah room, the, not the cubicle not the yeah it is blending more into yeah the, it's not you know we're not walking around in suits and ties yeah and and when we go on vacation we're staying at airbnbs and we're in vrbos and you know we're wanting that experience mm -hmm. like when i went to italy recently we did an airbnb right in the design district mm -hmm. and it was phenomenal it was so much better than being in a hotel because i felt like i was a part of the community and could walk right out and experience mm -hmm. sure. it so like what jessica's doing is like super cool you know, she needs it to be durable and that it can last and be used in a hard way, mm -hmm. but it, you still want it to feel like your home. Sure. No, but yeah, 100 percent. So it's about look and it's also about performance. Look and performance. And is like normal resident, is it is it double rubs? Is, is that the performance or is there other characteristics? That's the main one for whatever reason. Weisenbeek has become like the standard okay. that everybody kind of looks to as like oh well, how is this going to perform in the field but we do a whole battery of other tests you know like we test seam test we do pilling test we do dynamic seam fatigue we do all kinds of you know color fastness and burn and all that kind of yeah, stuff um, but typically for residential the cutoff number is like 15,000 okay. but for contract we're talking numbers of 30 to 50,000 are kind of the minimum mm -hmm. that they would like but really you would be surprised sometimes I know, I know I've gone into a restaurant and you know you can see a polyurethane that that looks it would probably go 200,000 double rubs but but the thing cracks and peels and, and blows up so yeah um, things happen th things happen so there's there's a lot more that goes into durability and that that's probably also another reason why kind of the line between contract and residential is is, is blurring is um the materials um it's kind of a wild west for for my understanding of, of kind of the materials on on what 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 does it really mean for for some for a product to perform is it bleach cleanable is it stain resistant is it weather resistant is it you know does it 
crack? Does it peel? Does it? What does it do? Yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, what's the end use going to be? Yeah. And I really do think there has been an evolution of the yarns and the materials. You know, and a lot of the constructions have improved. And you know, like you know, the things that we were designing for residential are performing in a similar way to what was designed in a contract arena. Interesting. Well, uh, yeah. So again, so at um, Elizabeth Weaving, you were designing. Mostly contract or, or really not. Really yeah, okay. no, really. It came later. Okay. Um, I was working freelance when mm -hmm. I started Catherine Daughter Incorporated. When I was um, in two thousand eight, I was working with several different clients, um, and some of them had the contract exposure. Mm -hmm. And I guess I had some of that when I was in college. You know, I did some summer internships and things like that. Yeah, um, nice. So um, it's been a minimum. Would you, you know, for the, the starting designer, textile designer, designer coming out of school, or maybe it's an interior designer who wants a designer on print line or, or anything like that, you know, what, what, is there any advice you would recommend or, or give to them um, just to kind of get through the first year of, of oh, business? Wow. Or, I know that's a, a loaded question. It um, is. But, yeah. Work hard. I mean, I feel like I'm going to repeat a lot of kind of the common sense things. Um, enjoy what you do. Be persistent. Um, have a vision, a goal, a plan for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and it, really in the first year, I feel like you need to absorb and you need to learn and you need to listen. One of the biggest compliments I've ever been paid as an as a designer or just as a marketer or whatever, someone said to me, Kathy, you know, you're a really good listener. I think that's what sets you apart. And I think that's the one big advice I would give to anybody, you know, an interior designer, listen to your client, you know, listen to what their needs are and, and kind of evolve your expertise or your style discipline to them. Your client is always right. Yes. Even if you may not think so yourself. Right. Well, I, I totally understand that. I, I have to bite my tongue sometimes. Yeah. Well, and there is a fine line, you know, because like I feel like when my career really has taken off is when I had a change in mindset. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, when I was just, in my mind, just a textile designer, instead of looking at more at the business and being Catherine Daughter Incorporated or whatever. Um, instead of just designing, put yourself in it. Mm -hmm. Put yourself in it. Sure. Um, instead of just doing it for somebody else. Okay. So it's more like problem solving. Okay. You know, like you're having a you, conversation, like if I was coming in to design your house, I would want to see what your needs are. You have dogs, you have this interest, you have that interest. And then I would want to tailor make your space to be and design fabrics for you mm -hmm. that would fit your lifestyle. No, yeah. So that's exactly how, you know, like when I'm having a conversation with one of our customers, it's like, okay, what kind of furniture do you make and who is your customer? It's about asking those questions and knowing, you no, know. No, exactly. We, we have another yeah. ambassador, and, and that's that's actually really cool that you, um, you you brought that up. But you know, Cheryl Luckett, she always she always likes to start with with a piece of artwork. 
you know, a lot of her clients usually have, um, she's found out over the years that there's usually one piece of artwork in their house. They usually don't know what to do with it, but they love it. That and speaks then, to them and, and talks about them. them. And then if you can, if you can take that, harness that, and then kind of reverse engineer your product, it will save you uh, kind of in, in the future. Um, yes. So, yeah, yeah, that so collaboration. Like furniture yes, that you, collaboration. You, you know, it's like what do you make them a part of the process? Okay. You know, make you know, make it be to who they are. You know, I like to instead of saying, Okay, this is it, mm -hmm. you have to have it just like this. You know, I like to design a line that has versatility that you could take it multiple different ways you know, that you don't have to merchandise it the same way, that the colors can translate and you can mix in prints, you can mix in velvets, you can mix, it, mix in textures. Mm -hmm. I think having that versatility to, to make something one of a kind mm -hmm. is a very valuable thing for both the home and for furniture. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a new show on HTTV that I just absolutely love and it's because it's listening to the client instead of like forcing something on the client. It's listening to who they are. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Starting Designer, a podcast for your first year of interior design. Please make sure to reach out to our guests and thank them for their advice. I want to thank our sponsors, Revolution Performance Fabrics, and please make sure to follow and subscribe on your preferred podcasting channel. As always, I'm your host, Anderson Gibbons, and thank you for listening. Have a great day. Go crush your design business.